Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, as we continue with part two of our current study, The Rapture, Fact or Fiction, Today I'll be going into scriptural detail in support of the reality that not only is the rapture of God's legitimate church a doctrinal fact, but that it will occur before the tribulation period of God's holy wrath upon an unbelieving world. In this sacred effort, I'll continue to glean from the commentary written for the prophetic years entitled, Proofs for the Pre-Tribulation Rapture, which we began in our last message. The reason we are addressing this very important subject is due to the fact that the majority in Christendom have lost their zeal for the things of God, especially where it concerns his prophetic word of truth. Even while current events and prophetic signs converge with last days and even last minute's urgency, many will say that the coming of the Lord is not going to happen for a very long time using the very same reasoning recorded in the Second Peter account. We are reminded of the Apostles' prophetic words as their fulfillment unfolds right before us. Know this first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. But actually, things are really not the same. With each generation that has passed since the church was birthed at Pentecost, God's prophetic time clock has been ticking toward the final hour of the end of the age. And while there have been signs along the way which indicated progress toward the final things that have already been determined by him and in him, he has exhorted us by his word that when we see the convergence of all things prophesied, we would know that the time is very near and that we are to be ready. And, beloved, we have truly reached that hour, with perhaps only minutes, in the prophetic sense, left before the Lord returns to bring to completion all he has promised by his unadulterated word of salvation's eternal life truth. And with the second coming already on the horizon, the rapture of God's legitimate church is even nearer. And that is why the Holy Spirit is alerting those who have drifted into complacency to awaken from their slumber. It is time to rededicate ourselves in holy sanctification and readiness, and to take more seriously our holy mandate as salt and light to a dark and dying world while there is yet time. Some of the evidence of the rapture being a separate event from the second coming of Jesus is realized by the following comparisons. In 1 Thessalonians 4.13-18, it is recorded that Jesus comes for his own. It is written, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, 
Even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Whereas in Revelation 19:11 to 16 we read that at his second coming, Jesus returns with his own. We read the words of John the Apostle, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. And his eyes are a flame of fire, and upon his head are many diadems. And he has a name written upon him, which no one knows except himself. And he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may smite the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In the rapture, only believers will see him. In 1 John 3, 2, it is written, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him just as he is. Whereas at his second coming, every eye shall see him. In Revelation 1, 7, it is written, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. The rapture is revealed by the Holy Spirit only in the New Testament through the revelations given to the Apostle Paul. One of these revelations is recorded in 1 Corinthians 15, 50-55. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The second coming, on the other hand, is revealed in both the Old and New Testaments such as in Psalm 2, 4-9, Isaiah 59, 15-21, and 61-2, Joel 3, 
Zechariah 14, 1-19, Matthew 24, 1-25, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7-9, and Revelation 19, 11-21. The rapture brings a message of hope and comfort. In Titus 2.13, we read, Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. The second coming, however, brings with it a message of God's righteous judgment. In Joel 3.12-16, it is written, Let the nations be aroused and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars lose their brightness. And the Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. In his commentary on the rapture, David Jeremiah offers scriptural insight while posing some penetrating thoughts for us to consider. Under the title of Three Reasons the Rapture Could Happen Today, he writes, Reason 1. Unlike the Second Coming, no signs will precede the rapture. This is called the doctrine of imminency. That is, the rapture is imminent. It could happen at any moment. Specifically, nothing in God's prophetic program must take place as a prerequisite to the rapture. Things may happen, but nothing must happen. Without any warning, Jesus Christ will return to rapture his saints and take them to heaven. Christians must therefore live prepared lives, ready to meet their Savior at any moment. Reason 2. The rapture is a surprise event. While we will know the season, we cannot know the exact hour or day, and therefore we are to be ready at all times, especially as we see the prophetic signs the scriptures warn us of unfolding even now. Reason 3. The rapture is a sudden event. Paul wrote that the rapture will take place in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Twinkling has been compared to the amount of time it takes for light traveling at 186,000 miles per second to be reflected on the retina of one's eye. In less than a nanosecond, the Lord will call believers to himself. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. These are not three distinct sounds, but one sound described three different ways. This sound will be like a shout, ringing with commanding authority, like the voice of an archangel. It will also be like the blare of a trumpet in its volume and clarity. And the sound will be heard only by those who have trusted Christ as their Savior. In John 11:43, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. His shout of come forth at the rapture will call forth his born-again offspring in glorious resurrection power. Having been alerted to this wondrous reality, the born-again children of God should be living with expectation, consecration, and examination. 
the letter from Paul to Titus puts into words how the expectation of the rapture should impact our lives. In Titus 2, 11-14, he writes, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. In the desire for consecration, in 1 John 2.28, the Apostle John exhorted his readers to not be ashamed before him at his coming. The imminent return of Jesus for his church is life's greatest stimulus for living a consecrated life. An examination is the prelude that opens our hearts to the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification with the promise that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And on that note of grace-filled encouragement and sacred confidence, we'll have to pause for today. Please join me next time, and until then, Maranatha, and as always, beloved, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.